I couldn't set it better myself. Welcome, folks. It is Couchcast number 61. I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. And 80s Jeff. And uh, poor Barry. Poor Barry's not feeling so well. He ate a, a bad something. He got the tomaine. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, so he's laid out. Yeah, I, just a few, it's funny because like right before Comic-Con, I got food poisoning. So I, I, I feel for, for Mr. Rob right now. Uh, Dr. Vlarg is. You guys is have to stop eating each up. other's poop. No, I don't think it was <laughs> that, help, sir. Wouldn't it? <laughs> best, best not to eat in certain places, I suppose. Well, the best thing about Barry not being here is we have carte blanche to say whatever we want about him. There's nothing he can do about it. Oh, no. I can. Oh. Don't just say things about me because I'm not. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I'm Barry. Oh, I'm Barry. Oh. Oh, shut up, Mattingly. Oh. Oh, it's my favorite. There's, you know what? This, uh, this was a rough show to research. There's just not a lot. This is a, a slow week. Well, it's the week after Comic Con. It is. Everybody they, every, shot their load. Yeah, there's this, in recovery mode. Yep. Everyone else is just sleeping. And yep. This is two weeks after Comic Con. I guess it is officially. Well, I guess, isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, officially. But uh, we did, uh, we did go to the Classic Gaming Expo. Yes, yes that was fun, did. and that's a fine piece of work. There'll be uh, a full ugly couch show devoted to that. So look forward to that. But uh, man, what fun! Yeah, that was great. That was great. Loved the museum. The museum was fascinating. You know, seeing stuff I haven't seen since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I, an old Commodore 64 that I used to have and the old Atari uh, computer systems and just just fantastic. I, I had a ball in there. And all those little robots that you could build as kits that you used to see in magazines when you were a kid. Yeah, for those aren't, who aren't in the know, the Classic Gaming Expo happens here in Las Vegas. It is classic console gaming, classic arcade gaming, uh, pretty much uh, all the bygone consoles. So uh, whether you go just as far as Dreamcast or if you go as far back as Odyssey 2, then uh, you're going to find your old childhood in this place. Or if you're a fan of the chiptunes, which Paul is a big fan of. I am. I got to see Compute Her. Throwing it down live on the stage. She's uh, one of my favorite 8-bit sound modifiers. She's right up there with BitShifter. BitShifter is definitely the best, in my opinion. But uh, compute her. She knows how to rock a tune. Nice. And yeah, she does. And we also got to see uh, Halo 2600. Yes. <laughs> yep. Which, yeah, <laughs> so that fun. exists. I've played it a couple times on my PC now. There's a website dedicated to it. Yeah, but when, you, when you're playing it on an actual Atari yeah, 2600 stick, system, yeah. wow, that, it, it's, uh, it's really a melding of time. It's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, the, the little blocky Master Chief running around. Did you guys hear the theme song? Uh-uh. Yeah, you, gotta, you play it on the computer, you pretty much... Really? Re- yeah, you start it up, you reset it, and it uh, it starts out with the the, the Halo theme played in. It's in a, it's a, just, yeah, it's just sound nice. It's just da 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 Nice. It's great. That's appreciated. Well, before we begin the news, you don't give a shit about. I have to bring this up. Um, here, let me let me grab this real quick. Creation sent me this coupon in the mail to give me the the official. Uh, uh, all right, the, for those in Vegas, the official Star Trek convention creation happens this weekend. If you're into it, cool, go. I doubt I'll go, mainly because of this damn thing they sent me here. Look at this. All right, the official Star Trek convention come to Las Vegas August fifth through eighth, two thousand ten. Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, Patrick Stewart, the captains are here. Five dollars yep. off. Admission, all right? At the door. I know it. Then go to the fine print. Limit one per customer per day. Reasonable. The discount offer is only good for the addressee. Non-transferable. Please bring photo ID. (laughs) I have to bring photo ID to use this $5 off coupon. (laughs) To go to their overpriced convention. Yeah, he had initially like stuck it in my box, and I'm like, "Well, I can't use this. Why not? This is why." <sighs> this, oh, they, every year they just get more ridiculous to me. They don't like customers. <laughs> they don't, I, no, the they sad don't. thing is, like the, the volunteers that work there 
oh, actually good are people. really good sure. people. It's the two guys that run the creation yep. convention that have just turned it. And the thing that I don't get is at some they originally started doing these things because they loved Star Trek and wanted to come up with a way to get people who also like Trek to get together and be able to have in a pleasant atmosphere be able to talk about Star Trek, talk about well, the, the things of it, and, and, and meet the Pleasant atmosphere within yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. There's always well, no. the spandex stench. Well, yes. <laughs> that is just... <laughs> well, that's just part of Trek. It started off as a good idea, a great idea, and it was for the love of the show. It has since devolved into how much more... How many more pennies can I squeeze out of this person? You know, I mean, they, they, they charge like, in addition to like the gold package sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. No, wait, I'm sorry. I think the gold and the admiral's package already come with. But if for like the the regular attendees, if you want to go to some of these parties, they're charging like an additional ninety five dollars per person on top to go to these parties. Wow. And we know from personal experience. They don't like to spend too much money on the actual party side of it. <laughs> um, perfect example. This actually, this is a this is a fact. Uh, several years ago, when we had the first official Las Vegas Star Trek convention, uh, I worked at at Quarks, and they were giving us, I want to say, about fifteen dollars a head for food. Okay. And which which is is on the low side. So we had a lot of buffet style food out on the, poo. On the table. Stiff of the tongue there. Yeah. We had a lot of buffet style poo sitting there, quarks. We had pippiest claw, ribs of turd, poopiest well, I mean, claw. We didn't even have like our normal menu item stuff because that, that was diarrhea sandwiches. <laughs> Like we didn't even have normal menu food like that that we would yeah, normally serve couldn't at court afford it. because that was that was higher than what they were giving us. Right. We come and find out they were charging seventy five dollars a head that year wow. to go to that party. So understandably, people were complaining to us about the quality of the food. Sure. Us not knowing that that they were being charged for that much. Well, uh, at the time, Chef James uh, Kellenbarger. Who was who was our head chef at that time? Mm-hmm. Found out about this, and put his foot down. The next year, he said he was not accepting anything less than I believe it was something like twenty five dollars a head sure. for the next well, year yeah, because he said man. it doesn't reflect badly on them; it reflects badly on us because it makes it look like we put cheap food out because that's what um, that's what we do. And he said, "No, that's not what we do. We're a good restaurant. We put out good food." So. If you're going to charge, you are run by Ferengis, though. Yeah. So I mean, (laughs) right? You're cutting corners where you can. But I mean, there's many, many more stories I could tell about dealing with these guys from creation, who apparently are nice guys outside of business. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're very good, friendly guys, but business wise, they are total dicks. There you go. Shrewd, shrewd. That's hard. I mean, you you know. I don't want to totally poo-poo on them because I know that's a tough gig. I have heard lots and lots of horror stories, though, over the years, having worked there. But, uh, yeah, you know, you got to be kind of shrewd and, and crude when you're dealing with a lot well, of celebrities you know, and all I, that I kind get of stuff. Because sometimes they'll walk on you if you're not very if you're not well, yes, careful. Well, yes, and I get being a shrewd businessman. But to the point where you're charging, uh, they attempted to charge us for press passes last year because we wanted to be able to do some interviews yeah. la- at the convention last year. And when Barry and I contacted them, they said that's fine, but we're going to charge you for the press passes, which yeah. I, you know, I'm <laughs> not, I'm still not a hundred percent certain on which, but I do believe uh, it's against Nevada law to charge press for entry. I would say, especially so. when they are legitimately covering an event. So. Well, I think you pretty much have reached the pinnacle. Well, I can't say pinnacle. Who knows where they'll stretch out from here? But when you have to show photo ID to use your coupon, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. That that pretty much shows where you are at yeah. as it's a business. Just, well, it's so and it's and it's sad because they are the only players in the game right now. Yeah, they have literally bankrupt several other convention organizers. Uh, one of which who was used to be based out of uh, Kansas City, Kansas area, uh, and who uh, slanted Fedora Entertainment was their name, and they were a really good uh, company. But you know, they pressured stars not to attend conventions put on by them and mm-hmm. and then of course September 11th ended up uh, helping to bankrupt them as well but 
creation has systematically forced all of these other smaller promoters who were doing conventions the way that fans wanted conventions to be done into you know relative obscurity where they just can't do it anymore they can't afford to it's it is what it is it is they it just, is creation yeah they're the only game in town anymore yep. there it is so then speaking of let's go into news you don't give a shit about all right all right let's start off net dragon Revealed a new massively multiplayer online game based on the Transformers license. The game has been officially sanctioned by Hasbro, will be a role-playing game, and will only be released in China, Asia, Russia, the Middle East, and North Africa. No North America, no Western Europe, no Australia. There are no screenshots, no concept art, and no further information on the game. That's interesting. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I guess that's all there is on that. Pretty much. News that's you don't give a shit about. Weird. MGM, which yeah. can't seem to get the new James Bond film made to or rescue the Hobbit from Limbo, has decided to move ahead with a big screen adaptation of 1960s TV series The Outer Limits instead. <sighs> what? MGM, which has been in limbo for most of the year, received a sixth extension <laughs> in mid-July on debt payments from its 140 creditors, oh, hired boy. Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan to write, f- the guys who wrote four of the seven Saw films, <laughs> to re- Saw pen films? this adaptation. What does this even mean? I'll tell you. I'll tell oh. you. The Outer Limits is the last limb go to ditch property that you hang your hopes on when all else is dashed. Is it really? Is that yes. what it is? Here's the, an interesting Star Trek tie-in. Okay. Back in the day when the experience was in its natal phase before it had even been a glint in the eye of Paramount Parks, all right. there was a plan to install a Star Trek-themed roller coaster. And the plan was probably going to go through at... King's Island. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing about that. Okay. Uh, It was going to be an induction coaster dark ride where you would launch. Yeah. This is when magnet train stuff was just coming out. Right. So induction coasters were fresh. It would be an induction coaster. You'd zip off the thing and then dark ride inside. It's a coaster all indoors contained in a big steel frame, right? Okay. Looping on itself and all around. Okay. Well, kind of a loopy space mountain. Loopy space mountain. Exactly. It's a space mountain. I mean, that's exactly it. Space Mountain. That's because creative people aren't that damn creative when it gets down to it. They go, hey, we're going to need to make a Star Trek ride. Space Mountain is in space. It's Space Mountain. (laughs) Let's do Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek like Space Mountain. (laughs) That's the thing. People know that space. I hate people. Anyway, so. Yes. What happened was, at the 11th hour. Funding started moving forward on this stuff, and they were getting getting ahead, and they're like, okay, we could build this ride, we could do this. And I guess they got into the certain point in the design phase, and they're like, you know what? Star Trek makes us millions, millions and millions. It is our big, big cash cow property. It's our, it's our flagship. Yeah. And right. at that time, you know, this was like 92, 93. Yeah, sounds about right. At that time, it was coming off a run in the late 80s of being the number one rated television show in syndication on, on air right yeah in right. syndication so, yeah. number one you know, syndicated it was it was a big deal so they're like forget this little piddling stuff let we you know they looked at it and they're like we need to make a star trek place theme park yeah, yeah a yeah. whole theme park so oh, that's yeah. that was the genesis of the experience star trek the experience and that's right and that's one ride meanwhile there'd already been plans development Maybe even a little bit of groundbreaking construction on a certain dark-themed roller coaster inside Paramount's King's Island. Okay. And if you go there and you want to ride that ride, you will find that it is themed after none other than the Outer Limits. Please stand by. And so you go in and there's a couple of aliens hanging out. They're like, oh, it's space. We need space. What else is space? (laughs) Outer Limits has space. That's space. Space Mountain. So they put a big fake half a UFO in the beginning place and a little bunch of greys looking at y'all dumb and you go through and you go on the ride. And it's, I mean, the similarities are are there because the experience, the Klingon mm-hmm. encounter, had a similar kind of thing at the end where it was a fake Martian landing right. or a fake 
close encounter or what have you. You know, the, right. the fact that this, the shuttle gets spotted is wiped out. Had similar kind of stuff when you go into the the Outer Limits ride, like fake autopsy stuff going on in news reports about spot, right. spotting UFOs. Yeah. I have ridden Swamp this cats. ride. You've been on it. Okay. I, I so you ridden, know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. I remember all the big, many times. the big voice uh, of it coming out that the Outer Limits ride, because this was so, soon after Paramount bought the parks. Yeah, right? it wasn't long. So I think that and Top Gun were its, uh, its two main that and attractions then, at the time. And, uh, Adventure Express. Oh, is that the one that was pseudo themed? Uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones? Yeah, yeah, I remember you and I went on yeah, that ride. We did do that and, one. And it's funny because we're sitting in the carts. <laughs> that, that, it was fun. It's they're a fun shaped, ride. They're shaped like mine carts, and we're sitting in there, and the Indiana Jones theme is playing, and it's going on, and it's just basically looping the Indiana Jones theme in there. So you get in, you go on the ride, and there's all these little pieces of treasure and stuff that you pass by, and and not a lick of Indiana Jones There's one in thing. The thing. There's one thing. There's an Indiana Jones looking skeleton Isn't stabbed there? on a stick yep. with a fedora on <laughs> okay. and a jacket. Yeah. I didn't he's, catch the fedora. He's tiny. He's, yeah, he's, but it's it's he's like an australopithecine. It's a t- it's like <laughs> mini Indy stabbed on a stick. It's like, oh what happened to the midget Indy? It is Indy on I, a stick. I don't know if that ride still exists. I think there. it does. Does it? Because I know they've made a lot of changes since I've been there. Phantom Theater's not there anymore. Oh, there's so much. The King Cobra, it's all gone. But this ride had the most unexciting denouement of any ride I've ever been on. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it ramps itself up to this great suspense to nothing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, for those out there who probably haven't ridden it, a lot of you. You know uh, what? I bet there's film out there. I bet there's sure, YouTube on this. Yeah, I'm sure You've got to watch the, the climb. <laughs> yes, at the very end, you enter this temple, and you are being lifted up this monster hill. Because so far in the ride, it's a roller coaster, but there hasn't been much of a hill. It's mostly twists and turns. Right? It's, little, very little, much, little it's very much the, what's the one in Disneyland, the train? Oh, oh, uh, adventure! No. It's not adventure. Matterhorn. What's it called? No, no, no. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Railroad. Big Thunder Mountain. It's oh, okay. very much that same kind of feeling. It's like, oh, this is kind of. Fa- oh, that's a little fast. Oh, it's okay. Oh, right. that's a little fast. Yeah, but Big Thunder Mountain has a hill that you go up, and yeah. things happen in that hill, and it leads to the ride. There you go. Well, this one, you've gone through the ride, you twist and turned, you had a little speed, all right, and then you reach this temple. And this and this is like the monument of the thing. And when you're climbing this temple, there's lights in there. There's statues, and the statues start right. playing the drums, and you mm-hmm. get the, the the rhythms going. And you're climbing up to this gigantic idol. Yes, which and your has, heart is racing at this point because the drums are beating, and you're like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen?" Which has this huge this idol's holding this huge pot of of coal, black and and, and red coals, yep, dry and it's ice, about to, about to pour it over you. you. Yep. And you go to the top of the hill. And you go through this little cavern of coals, and then that's it. That's it. Yeah. Tiny and little hill, and you're back in the station. Yeah, yeah. you're back in the station. It, it's, a, it's a climb to get you back home. <laughs> I know. But uh, we were, we're sitting there going, like, what? So that's disappointing. it? Where's the, yeah. where's, where's the rest of the ride? It's weird. But, uh, yeah, so my one Adventure Express memory, uh, this was when I was probably, like, 17, 16 or 17, uh, we go to the parks. We go to Kings Island probably twice a year. I ended up working there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, like I went on uh, the racers. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, we went on some, a spinny ride, and okay. that was always a bad idea. So uh, I went on spinny ride, and I got a headache, and I was oh, like, no. "Oh my head!" And this is when the Smurf ride was still in. Okay. Oh, no. uh, which was after the Hanna Barbera ride. Right. Which uh, I want to go into in a little bit, but you continue that on. one. That one you can find online too, and that's amazing. Oh. Uh, but the Smurf ride is pretty cool too. Uh, but anyway, so I had some Smurfberry ice cream to calm my headache. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, then, oh, no. then after having Smurfberry ice cream and other various uh, carnival foods, but primarily a, bunch, a big old thing of Smurfberry ice cream, I went on the racer. And this was one of those days where there was no line. <laughs> so I went on the backwards racer 23 times consecutively. What? Wow. Yeah. It took me about an hour and a half. And I just kept riding it over and over oh, again. No. There's no line. I'd run back on and wee, wee, wee. And, you know, it was, it's an amazing coaster. For those oh. who don't know, it's one of the classic Woodies of all time. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, I did. So I rode it 23 times in a row. And then I was like, oh, shit. And so I sat <laughs> down on a bench. And I must have sat on that bench for 20 minutes just kind of going wee. 
<laughs> trying to put my head back together. And my friend Kevin came along, and he's like, hey, you want to go ride something else? I'm like, yeah, and Adventure Express is right next door. So we're like, okay, let's go to Adventure Express. So we're, and again, no lines. So we're running through that whole long oh, yeah. aisle, you know, all the way up there, getting up to the front. And I'm starting to feel a little, mm, ugh, not feeling so great. And uh, them sweats. Doors open up, and uh, I go, and I sit down. The lap bar comes down. As soon as the lap bar comes down, I just go, <laughs> and I just projectile fire this blue, bright blue ice cream vomit all on the lap bar and off to the side. I didn't get any on me, but it got on my lap bar and off to the side. Oh, right. no. And the girl started coming through checking the lap bars. Oh, no. And she got my lap bar oh, no. and she got a whole handful of smurf fairy vomit oh, no. and i looked up at her kind of like mm, sorry <laughs> and we went on through and we rode the ride with a little bit of smurf berry juice dripping oh, uh, and then I got done. but i felt much better after that of course you did yeah it was great so don't don't eat smurf berry ice cream and then go on adventure express oh, god, oh that's my awesome. god that, that's terrible that's one of the few times that like three times in my life that i can remember really puking <laughs> that's one of them. Ugh, that's terrible. Well, you bring it was that terrible for her. Yeah, <laughs> but great for us. Thank yes. you. The you brought up the Fantastic Voyage, which is the Hanna Barbera ride. Yeah, that is like one of the prime slides, rides of slides, my youth. Slides. Yeah, it was awesome. It's it was essentially a ride through the Hanna Barbera universe. Flintstones. You went into a television set, right? Wacky races. It's a water ride. Yeah, it was one of those slow ride, slow dark rides. Um, but I remember it had this most. It is a song that played through the, the whole my TV thing. Yeah, that that to this day I can remember the entire song because it that friggin' catchy. Yeah. Live in my TV. Right. It's it's a warning to all out there if you decide to look through for the ride throughs, which there aren't really any. There's one semi ride through on YouTube. Yeah, it's whack. It's and which good. you know, well, there weren't there weren't yeah. very many good cameras at then. Exactly. Netflix. It was it was a you know a filmed on a, a seventy eight. Yeah, like eight millimeter yeah. camera. At no, the time. Nerds and nerds weren't doing that yet. You know, well, yeah. there just weren't there wasn't the technology. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some still photos that someone tried to you know create a a still photo through through the sure, ride. That's good. But they have the soundtrack as part of this. Once you hear it. It's going to be part it's of your stuck life in your brain. forever. So, just warning. But man, I love that ride. Still it's do. cool. It had uh, lots of lots of Hanna Barbera characters, but then lots of like weird, just kind of stuff. It had like uh, Paul Bunyan, right? And, uh, and well, they had no. It wasn't uh, Paul Bunyan. It was uh, 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 Gulliver. Oh, it was Gulliver. You're yeah. right. Giant Gulliver and yeah. the, the little Lilliputians. Right, but but that was also a. A short-lived Hanna Barbera time. Oh, was it? Okay. Cartoon. Oh, well, there you go. So, so it was full of those. It was, but it was a lot of really obscure ones from yes. the sixties and seventies. Jabberjaws was in there. Yeah. So uh, it was like a. It was like kind of like a ride version of Harvey Birdman. You know, all these obscure Hanna Barbera actually, cartoons thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even more obscure. Kinda nailed it. Really. Even more obscure. <laughs> Yeah, but like the octopus, and then it had a little horror section with uh-huh. the witch hazel and yeah. heavens to Megatroy. Yeah, it got real scary there, and it was uh, and Shaggy and Scooby were in there shaking. Uh, Scooby, yeah. Shaggy was holding Scooby on a surfboard or something, some kind of teeter tottering board that went back and forth. Were, was that not there when you and I went? No, it was back the surf in like ninety two. Nope, no. by that time it was not ninety two. It was Phantom Theater. Yeah, that's okay. what was in okay because I remember going to Phantom Theater with you, but I don't remember that the Hanna Barbera ride at all. Which is also oh. a fine dark ride. I enjoyed Phantom Theater. I enjoyed the Smurf ride. Yeah, the Smurf ride took the exact uh, took the Fantastic Voyage and created the Smurf land out of the yeah. whole. The whole thing. Gulliver became Gargamel, and the the, the Lilliputians became Smurfs, jumping right. around on Come him. And, and the scary and part was still the scary on. part, yep. but it was, it was Gargamel voyage. and Azrael instead of Witch Hazel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, I, I learned about this for fans of. You know, I know we're going to Kings Island craziness right here, but. They, uh, the Phantom Theater, they actually displayed those animatronics out front in front of the fountain uh, this last October. Old school, they, they got them out. Yeah, they got them out of the, the warehouse and displayed ones? them. Yeah, just wow. put them up like just, on a, in a museum type thing. Yeah, just That's an cool. outdoor museum. Yeah, so they're looking a little, uh, little ragged but uh, yeah. intact. That was kind of neat to see. Uh, that was kind of neat. Who designed that thing? I'm not sure who designed that. I don't know the story on that. It's, but God, it's I could very talk. Very much like a, a generic. Uh, uh, back in the mansion. day, Paul. 
Torgo had Phantom Theater stickers all over the back of his little 92 Grand Am. <laughs> oh, I had better than Or was it 91 and 92 I got a hold of some old static uh, window clings yeah. that they were using for advertisement. Yep. And I, and I cut them out to put in my windows of my wow. Grand Am at the, the time. Phantom yep. Theater. So, yeah, all over it. So it was all this Phantom Theater and the Phantom itself. It was Phantom Theater was, uh, was our cool-out place. After the park monkeys, we'd get done doing a day of, of Nickelodeon shows, or uh, especially Nickelodeon shows, because right there in the Nick zone. Oh, sure. Eventually, we just run over there and hop on there for a half hour, you know, ride it two or three times, and just get cooled off because it was all nice and air conditioning. Except for that very end part where it blow hot air on you. <laughs> yes, but but, it blew the whole <laughs> but but what oh, they did? I'm all but, nice and comfy. Oh, I'm hot but, again. But what they did finally, they got enough complaints where they changed that. And by, the, by the end of the run, it blew cold air. <laughs> I shit you not. Yes, the, the, the furnace air blew cold air. Yeah, because people were just like, I don't want no hot air blowing on me. I'm about to go out in hot air as it is. This is a nice and cool ride till that end. I got blowed hot air. I felt like a hairdryer in my face. That, for those of you who don't know, Kings Island is, a, is it right in the heart of Ohio. Uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. WKRP. Yep. But uh, but now I guess that WLW. now that ride's gone is now the Scooby Doo Adventure Ride. Oh, I've which, never been on which that. I have not seen. I guess it's an interactive one. Oh boy, where was when like, you shoot like, targets and yeah. stuff like a okay, <laughs> like the they Buzz just keep Lightyear stealing. One. Yeah, they just keep stealing from Disney. <laughs> Thanks for oh, going along with us on our little trip down memory lane, yeah. folks. <laughs> we know, yeah, my love for uh, I mean well, the park dark ride. Maybe Torgo, knows, maybe no Torgo bounds. can find a couple of links for that shit and throw it in the in the mix. Well, uh, yeah, you, we'll, we'll work on oh, it. Oh, Paul, you can bet that there is all the music of all the stuff we talk about that's been going oh, yeah. behind oh. all of this. Grant, great. So, <laughs> we'll worry on that. But you know what? I'd give a shit about that. But there's other things we don't give a shit about. Yes. So I'm going to continue on with Len Wiseman. The guy that directed uh, Liffrey and Die Hard and the Underworld films. Right. Uh, is in final negotiations to direct Columbia Pictures Total Recall. I heard Part about two. this. It no. Was it's a remake. It will be a new contemporized adaptation of uh, the Philip K. Dick story. We can remember it for you for wholesale. So apparently the last future version wasn't future enough. I, I guess so. Are they going to go to Mars this time, or is it just going to like all stay on Earth so they can keep their costs down? I don't know. It doesn't say MGM. Ugh. No, it's Columbia Pictures, so MGM's uh, doing it. So. As long as they got exploding head bitch, three-titted girl, and guar, uh, quato, then we're fine. Don't forget Johnny Cab. Well, thanks for writing Johnny Cab. Free Mars, Quaid. Quado. Get right. to the chopper. <laughs> when he's out there with his eyes blowing out. <laughs> Get ready for a surprise. <laughs> yep. See, this is a very beloved film. It is. Oh, remake it at your It's uh, Sharon, Sharon yes. Stone back when she was acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and Arnold when he was acceptable, too. Yep, yep. They were all acceptable. Both of, it a divorce. both of their vaginas <laughs> small and tight. <laughs> uh, that's good. Now, here on the Ugly Cow Show, we try not to get political. We're, we're, we have our own political views and so on, but that's not, you know, this is all geek culture stuff. This is not a politics show. Yes. Yeah. But there is times where politics and technology combine in a way that you can't not just look at it and shake your head. Well, we all, all know right. I vote Raylian, so... Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, news you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Okay. According to Michael Reagan, son of the former U.S. President Ronald Reagan and uh, radio pundit... Okay. Uh, using the free email services provided by Google, AOL, Hotmail, Yahoo, and Apple actually helps a liberal agenda. Oh, Lord. Why? Because these companies are, quote are and will continue to be huge supporters financially and with technology of those that are hurting our country, and then goes on to specifically name Obama and all that. Hurting the our country usual. by providing you with access to free email. Now, now wait. Now, fortunately, Michael Reagan is here to help with at Reagan.com email service. Oh, 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 I see, I see. What, which, a, what a good solution. Which, for just $40 a year... Oh, really? ...lets you send and receive email... From an at Reagan.com email address. Just $40 a year? Yeah, and there's more. The Why is that lying around? The service is simple. You can, quote, check your email anywhere at any time. Wait. 
wait. And you can check your email on this service. And it works on BlackBerry, iPhone, and Windows mobile devices. Wow. Provided you can handle, quote, advanced synchronization. Oh, boy. It's, hey, it's compatible with Windows and Mac operating systems. No mention of Linux, though. And it has an advanced webmail climate that lets you, quote, work on your email from anywhere with at Reagan.com webmail. Now, I, I've, well, I guess that's a lie. I was oh, going to, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, there's more. Okay. Oh, there's more. Okay. If you order, you uh-huh. get a DVD containing Ronald Reagan's Tear Down This Wall speech, which you can also watch for free on, on Google-controlled service YouTube, <laughs> courtesy of the Reagan Foundation. <laughs> I now. hope everything he eats ever <laughs> tastes like farts. <laughs> What I, a dumb shit. I was about to say I've never been that good at math, but that's a lie. I've always been good at math. Um, <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't $40 more than free? Well, he's, not that, saying, isn't, he's not he's, saying it needs to be free. Hey, hey. He's saying, no, 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 he's saying that his service is better because it costs $40 a year. Well, he's saying not only his, that. And he's saying that if we use the free service, we're promoting the liberal agenda? He's saying, he's saying not only that. He's saying the $40 a year that you spend at his site... That $40 goes towards the Republican agenda. Oh. Whereas when you are using the free sites and viewing their advertising, the advertising revenue that you're getting through your click-throughs are, uh, is, is money going to the, uh, the to liberals. The, the, the socialist Obama. Yes, is, 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 yes, yes, yes. Barf. So, I yeah. hate noise. stupid people. <laughs> so oh, he's they, not stupid. He's trying to make tons of money like all the Republicans. Yeah, no, well, it's, yeah, you know, it's, he's just hoping that people are stupid. It's a money stupid. scheme. It's a money scheme. It really you know, is. Play, it's so audacious. Here, let me play on your fears so that I can get you to stop using a free service and pay for mine. That's, well, hey, bottled water, baby. Yep, that's true. This is true. That goes back to the, the bullshit on bottled water. I, and that, that'll be the next thing. The bullshit, uh, the next bull- season of bullshit will have, uh, uh, you know, bagging on free email service is bullshit. <laughs> well, you, well, speaking of bottled water, I didn't make it on this list, but I did see it when I was researching mm-hmm. that Hello Kitty has released five different $100 bottled waters. $100 bottled water? Yeah. Bottle? There's rhinestones on the bottle. I don't care. <laughs> it's in five different colors, not the water, the bottle. I felt sick the one time I spent $25 for a bottle of water, and that was not because I knew that it, they were charging me for that. It's because they said, did you want... The house water, or would you like this water? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that water. It again. And then the bill gets there, and I'm like, holy shit, that small little glass bottle of water cost me 25 bucks. Did your water also come with the at Reagan.com uh, email It should have come with a blowjob at that point. <laughs> you know, get that waitress under the table. I'm paying 25 bucks for a bottle of water. Hell no. <laughs> Well, anyway. it, the, the craziness continues, gentlemen. News you don't give a shit about. According yes. to the corporate profile on its website, mm-hmm. Japanese food and confectionery giant Morinaga considers its mission to be, quote, striving to be an angel to consumers and society, unquote. This may or may not help explain its most recent endeavor. A pancake-flavored milkshake in a can. Pancake-flavored? Morinaga is well-known in Japan for their iconic pancake mix and their canned milkshake. They hope to capture the nostalgia many (laughs) feel for bygone breakfasts. The flavors of butter, maple syrup, and pancake all in a can. Milkshake form. In milkshake form. The 10-ounce milkshakes cost uh, roughly $1.40. And uh, we'll start bringing customers to the yard beginning September 8th. You got your your pancake in my milkshake. You got your milkshake on my pancake. It sounds dangerously delicious. <laughs> so. Oh, trust me. If I can get a hold of a can of this, it's going on the show. It sounds, sounds good. You know, I've actually had a, a maple uh, frappe one time that had like little bit of little bits of real maple syrup in it. Yeah. And, and it was a really, really good little uh, frappe shake type thing. So uh, maybe that could be good. I mean, I'd just be afraid it'd be a little too bisquicky, but maybe it'll be all <laughs> a little right. bisquicky. I yeah. hope it has chunks of of real creamery butter. Real creamery real butter. Creamery butter. That Paul will slather all over his body, mm, at least according to the comments butter. on the website. Rich creamery butter. <laughs> and finally, news you don't give a shit about. Now, this is one of my favorites. Okay, I, I've seen it in a while. All right, this one is is amazing. All right, Japan. Loves to put things on their penises. Okay. And in that respect, a new device called Onahole is just one of many. 
Now, what makes this different than any, any other fleshlight-like apparatus yeah. is that it has a counter which can count how many strokes Whoa! you perform per yes! minute. Yes! What? As well as the total strokes it takes to get to La Petite Mort. Ah. Now, on the box, there's a tan, naked gentleman. This gentleman is Japanese porn star Hiroshi Chocoball Mukai. Oh, no. <laughs> Mokai's nickname stems from the resemblance of his dark brown scrotum to Chocobol candy. <laughs> what? Well, he has set the record with 426 strokes, in case you want to try to beat it. In case you want to so, beat so, it. So, so wait, let me In case you want to beat it. They're, they're making a game out of whacking off. Yeah, pretty much. It's Fleshlight with a uh, step counter. Seriously? <laughs> This is ridiculous. It's Masturbation <laughs> hero, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I missed it by that much. Four stars. <laughs> yeah, you rock the cock. Messy solo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It would be a messy solo. It'd be very messy. All right, that's it for the shit news, which was, Thank oh, my God. God, really a lot. Uh, um, so let's go Weekend Geek. Here's the real yes. stuff. All right, something heartwarming after that foulness. All right. Is go. this like Lifetime Movie Network heartwarming or uh, what? No, time? This, no, that's that I would give a shit about fart either. Warming. Okay. <laughs> fart warming. <laughs> no, okay. They were about to lose the home that had been in their family since the 1950s. Okay. They were doing one of the most difficult things a person can do, packing up their possessions before seeing the house lost to foreclosure. Who is they? A struggling family. They've chosen to remain anonymous. Okay. They had taken a second mortgage to start a business, which failed, and then missed mortgage payments, resulting in the bank starting to foreclose the proceeding. All right. In tears, they were going through boxes in the basement when they found a handful of comics, most of which were worth between $10 and $30 each. But one of them was the Holy Grail. Action Comics number one. Are you serious? The 1938 comic book, which was the first to feature Superman. Uh, there's only about 100 comics of these in existence, and yeah. this one was graded at 5.0, which is very good to find wow. rating. Yeah. At auction, it's expected to fetch around $250,000. Nice. So remember, check your basements, kitties. That's right. You never know what you got. And there's another guy who found a Batman number one. In this dresser I that saw he that. bought, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like this, he saw that the uh, the base was about. the base or the back wasn't uh, the right size, and started pulling up. Found co- three comics in there, one of one which being Batman, Batman number one, one. That's and like awesome. Action Comics number seventeen. Wow! So mint uh, gold mine. Yeah. Why See, can't the I problem ever come now, stuff like that. The problem now is I've got all my stuff bagged and boarded, mm-hmm. and in fifty years, everybody's got their stuff bagged and boarded oh, yeah. now. It's, there's billions of copies of everything. But <laughs> maybe that attitude will prevail. Maybe in 100 years it'll be worth something. Maybe. The paper, paper if it holds up, is right. worth something, I guess. But I mean, it's stuff like that that's not going to gonna happen to us that much because we grew up where comics were already an established industry. Back then, it was a brand new industry, and a lot of those things got thrown away or just torn up. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's only, what was it, 100 so uh, Action Comics number one even in existence anymore, right. let alone uh, the various states of disrepair that they're in. That is true. I mean, I have a picture from the, uh, <laughs> the, the failed Las Vegas Comic Con of a glass-encased uh, Action Comics number one, and it, that one was in pristine condition. A uh, little bit of yellowing on it from, you know, just sure. age, but, uh, you know... How many? That's one of a hundred that are around there, and for somebody to just come across that in their basement, that's just especially at a time where they incredible. Need it. Yeah, that's what's that's what I love is that it's very good. Superman came to their rescue. He did. Yep. Hooray. So speaking of Superman at Comic Con 2010, we found out that uh, uh, Del Toro was writing and producing Disney's Haunted Mansion. Yes, and they got a little taste of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, right. which is also writing and producing. The thing we didn't find out was what he would be directing next. He promised it would be horror, and we'd know soon enough. Well, according to reports from Deadline, that movie will be Lovecraft's 1931 novel, At the Mountains of Madness. The main issues that financiers have had is that Del Toro needed his movie to be a period film, and he needed it to be R-rated. 
Okay. Guillermo, Guillermo del, uh, cares more about his craft than his money and hasn't budgeted on either front to get it made sooner. So why would Universal decide they were finally ready to take the risk? One name. James Cameron. According to the reports, the Avatar director has decided to back Del Toro's vision and come on as a producer. Nice. Nice. So yes, Cameron produced, Del Toro directed, and written... So something good is coming from Avatar. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it's going to be in 3D. Hooray. Avatar wasn't terrible. I liked Avatar. I mean, it wasn't... Not only is it going to be in 3D. It was fun. It's going to be in Cameron's 3D. So that's the difference. Gotcha. And they plan on moving quick on it. They start filming next year. Cool. Yeah. Good. I hope Peter Jackson films Hobbit. (laughs) We 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 all hope that. Not to... Hobbit Mansion. Do it, sucker. Hobbit. The Hobbit, Hobbit Mansion. Hobbit, 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 Hobbit Mansion. Oh, Lord. Ah. <clears throat> a small team of Sydney scientists have secured a $57 million contract to, surpri- to supply, uh, surprise robots. Surprise! <laughs> supplies robot. To supply robots to the U.S. Marine Corps. The Terminator-style technology uses artificial intelligence and could be the next big thing in military training. Quote, people train on static pop-up targets and targets that move predictably on rails, Eric Watson of Marathon Robotics uh, told Nine News. They, this can move anywhere with throughout the range. It can move unpredictably. It can surprise people and can add di- dynamic elements to training. It makes people think in different ways. Uh, Dr. Watson is one of the three scientists who developed the high-tech rover robots, which will be used by the U.S. Marines in their base in Orlando, Florida. The robots can be programmed to move up to 14 kilometers per hour, Talk to each other. Scatter if one of them is taken out by sniper fire. If the trial is successful, the technology will be used by the U.S. Department of Defense as a live fire training platform. If the trial is successful, we'll all be waiting for Judgment Day. Yes. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, why do we keep taunting fate? Has, has the Terminator series not taught us anything? No. <laughs> like, yeah, let's well, make our it, machines even smarter. It has taught us that you can't stop Judgment Day. <laughs> That's true. It, it, it continues on. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the odds of us getting a a you know Android like Data versus an Android like lore lore or well, or the, or the Terminators are gonna it's it's. It's slim to none that we're going to get a kind... You can't have one without the other. Yeah, a kind artificial intelligence that's going to go, hmm, I'm only worried about improving myself and evolving, as opposed to, I want to destroy all life forms everywhere. I just, ah! Wouldn't it be frightening if it's one of the sex bots that gets that (laughs) self-realization? But what a way to go. Wait, I am being raped. What? I'm going to do something about this. Oh my god! I'm being attacked by my sex robot. The people on the other end of 911 are like, huh? Coming soon by Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right. According to Len Wein, the co-creator of Wolverine, Storm, Swamp Thing, and other comic book characters, lawyers are all that stand between us and a big-budget CGI Swamp Thing movie that Hollywood is just dying to make. Catching up with Wein, MovieWeb recently asked him whether there's a future film for the character. Quote, there, are a, there is a rights problem, which I don't understand because I'm not a lawyer, said Ween. We desperately want to make a new Swamp, Swamp Thing movie. I've written a screenplay. Joel Silver's gung-ho to make it, do it right, big budget, CG, the whole dance. I know Akira Goldsman wants, wants to take my script and rewrite that and do something with it. We want to do a Swamp Thing movie. Once we can figure out the rights problem, we will. So Swamp I'm- Thing fans... Okay, I'm sorry. Should should that have not been in news you don't give a shit about? No, nah, it's a I great mean, thing. I mean, Swamp Thing. The how last many Swamp people thing are even still whack. interested? It in was whack. It was horrible. horrible. If, Is that uh, the one with Heather Locklear in yeah. it? Yeah. If you do something along the lines of the Moore revamp or what have you, you know, you got some some mileage there. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, you know, I'm very optimistic with this one. Who knows? I'd like to be uh, maybe too idealist. Well, here's my here's my thing. Is here's my point though. How many people are like, oh my god, they're going to make another Swamp Thing film? That's awesome. I, I, I just don't hear even people you know, well, speculate about get, such of a thing. If they want to get the fanboys excited, they do a cross-promotion when the Masters of the Universe movie finally oh, gets made. Jesus, or, here right, we go. Swamp Thing meets Moss Man, and there you got your fucking movie right there. Well, maybe until then, he can fill in for Moss Man. 
Swamp Thing meets Moss Man meets Evil Seed. Really, Magic Link? Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh, 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 I don't want to. Oh, 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 he doesn't smell like a pine tree. He smells like a pine tree air freshener. Yeah, he smells like a pine salt. He yes. smells like pine salt. I'm surprised. In fact, I'm surprised you don't have Moss Man dangling from your your rearview mirror in your in your in if your. If I yards. had the spare money to pick up a second Moss Man figure, I would, but I don't. <laughs> when Tokyo welfare officials attempted to visit uh, Sogen Kato, supposedly the oldest living man in Tokyo. To update their records for their respect for the elderly day in September. Let me guess. Let me guess. He stole their green eye researcher and sucked her soul out and married her. <laughs> yes. What? I knew it. I, I, uh, I don't have to read no more. <laughs> uh, I'm totally lost here. What was this? No, his, his granddaughter rebuffed them, saying Cato didn't want to see anybody. I don't want any visitors, Mr. Burton. <laughs> Suspicious. They notified local police who forced their oh, way into oh, the board home oh, oh. on his 111th birthday, no less, to find his mummified remains oh, in a bed boy. covered in a blanket. Oh, boy. With piles of welfare checks all around. A post-mortem investigation released Kato, revealed that Cato, whose corpse was dressed only in underwear and pajamas, oh. may have been dead for over 30 years. Wow. What? And they were still drawing pension on his ass, huh? And making him the oldest person in Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, his 111th birthday is when this all happened. Officials had tried to see Cato <laughs> since earlier this year, but his family members chased them away at various times. The Jaji Press notes that Cato's relatives told police that the old man had, quote, confined himself in a room for more than, more than 30 years ago and became a living Buddha. Unquote. Ah. It turns out by keeping up the pretense of Cato's continued good health, the family was able to swindle, swindle 9.5 million yen or 109,000 U.S. dollars of widower's Jeez. pension payments via Cato's bank account since his wife died six years ago. There it is. Reportedly, some of the money had been withdrawn recently. The pension fund had also failed to contact Mr. Cato for, quote, a long period. <laughs> so, yes, the, one of the world's oldest men died 30 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> gross. That's not cool That's at gross. All. Maryland may be small, but it's uh, home of a pop culture staple like uh, Big Huge Game, Bethesda Softworks, The Wire, Hairspray, Tom Clancy's Sum of All Fears. But perhaps most important is developer Firaxis Games, responsible for the Civilization series, which likely comprised a good chunk of the $1 billion in tax revenues the state drew from video game industry in 2008. Wow, that's a lot of tax revenue. Now, in honor of that annual gamer-generated windfall, Maryland State Governor Martin O'Malley will be recognizing September 21st as the first official Sid Meier Civilization V Day. <laughs> <laughs> So mark your calendars, kiddies. Yes. Because not only does the, ga the game come out, but in Maryland, it's a holiday. Oh, boy. I might It'll be a Wookie bank holiday. Might catch Wookie Fever that day. <laughs> Wookie Fever? Or I guess Lincoln Fever in He's that case. He's got the Wookie Fever. Lincoln Zulu Fever. Well, what if your most treasured memories of childhood were false? What if... <laughs> they well, are yeah because he, he no, still I, continues to remember He-Man is a great show uh, when you know, it's clearly not I know this, about this this whole thing might, uh, might no, yeah no a new study finds that uh, one in five people fondly recall events that never happened yes psychology at University of Hull in England pulled some 1600 students asking them if they've ever experienced a false memory uh, one in five claimed they had one volunteer said that they had memories of playing hockey, even though her parents and family members assure her she's never lifted a puck. Um, another, Mighty Duck Syndrome, that. <laughs> another remembered <laughs> seeing a living dinosaur. And, with, and uh, uh, quoting, autobiographical memory provides us with a sense of identity, and it is usually accurate enough to help us negotiate our lives, said researcher uh, Mazzoni. But as our study shows, not all we remember about our past is true. Our research also shows that this phenomenon of non-believed memories is much more frequent than people had imagined. Crucially, if these memories are not challenged by some form of evidence, 
they will still be considered part of the individual's autobiographical experience. Yeah. There was a, uh, a fun uh, This American Life about that. Yeah. Where people, they got couples to retell um, stories where they were both involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like just like uh, these anecdotes that had gone on for years and years where they would, you know, these are stories that the couple would tell about, you know, something big that happened to them both. Mm-hmm. And many times one of the, one of the persons in the couple had not even been there at the event, but the story had been told so many times that they had put themselves into the event. You know what I mean? Like st- that kind of stuff happens. Like, oh yes, yeah. wow. It's, it's even more disturbing once uh, we realize how easy it is to implant false memories into our minds, as discovered by Inception Uni- University of Washington <laughs> experiment. In the experiment, volunteers were shown a doctored Disneyland commercial featuring Bugs Bunny, a character not appearing at the theme parks. A week later, a third of the volunteers for the study remembered seeing bugs at Disneyland when they went. Yep. So, yeah. So, there you go, folks. Love your memories. They're not yours. Nope. Indeed. Although, I think they might be remembering that report wrong. It's possible. (laughs) I could be reading someone's false memory. See? Well, I know some of it isn't a false memory because it was demonstrated. At the DEF CON security conference in Vegas this last week, Yay, yeah. a pair of hackers have shown that the humble Nintendo Wii can leave large companies vulnerable to attack. <laughs> oh, no. How? Well, because many companies like to have a Wii in the office for downtime, that's how, and it seems a lot of offices know that controls need to be put into place for things like computers, uh, laptops, phones, but will then leave a Wii just lying around in the common room where it's able to connect to the office a network. Gateway to the internet. hackers have shown that it's quite simple to upload some malware to the Wii, where from there it can attack every inch of an office or indeed large companies' network. Well, that makes sense. And they also showed how it's possible to upload a virus to either a Wii or a DS and jump into a network using them with the same end result. You could, of course, use another machine like a 360 or a smartphone to do the same thing, but the demo focused on the DS and the Wii. So yeah, right. yeah, just any any wireless device that attach that, that you know is connected to your network that you don't consider a threat is probably a threat, <laughs> you know, a security threat. You can, I mean, you know, game consoles are basically very powerful computers anymore, and you know they're just as hackable as. You know, a PC. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it makes total sense. And lastly, uh, Paul, you're going to love this. Yes. A common annoyance of online gaming is the rage quitter. Yep. A person who immediately shuts off his connection if they begin to or have already lost a match. Yep. <coughs> Torgo! <coughs> I only rage quit when I'm playing single player. Thank you very much. Tor- Torgo rage quits Netflix all the time. Like, yep, I'm Net- done. Netflix. On flu- or excuse me, Netflix. Gamefly. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'll hate a film, but I don't see how that's a rage quit. <laughs> I'll, okay, I'm Jumps gonna, up, I'll, puts the I'll thing put in the envelope, there, and mails it away. <laughs> Before you get the wrong idea from this, okay. I do not rage quit multiplayer. I'm a good sport when I'm losing. Paul could attest to this last night when true. he kicked my ass. Yes. yes. But... Yes, if I'm playing single player and the game is shit, I will certainly rage quit. Sure. And, and not only that, but shove it in the mailbox with fervor and ire. You don't have time for it. That's right. I've got only so much downtime where you can play games at all. F you for wasting my time with your crap. <laughs> but with Halo Reach, however, yes. Bungie has announced its intent to crack down on those players through an in-game targeting system. Quote, I think one of the new things people will be excited about is how we're going to be able to penalize people who are habitually quitting out of games, which (laughs) isn't exactly cheating, but it creates a really negative experience for everybody else in the game. We actually learned to have new tools, how to detect that, and eventually people who do this habitually will actually be penalized. We want to be able to remove them from the population so they can't make everyone else keep having a bad time. Yay! Yay! Thank there, you. Yeah, there needs to Thank be more settings that. like that. Like, come in, into this quadrant if you want to just be halfway human being about playing games. Right. <laughs> be, a, be a friggin' good sport, yeah, you human, bastards. Just a human being. I don't care if you're awesome. No. Just be a human being about it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> disgusting, right. disgusting people. U- ugly trolls oh. out in the 360 land. Oh, you can't play any of that. That's why I can't. I sold both my uh, Modern Warfares. Because I was like, the, the 
the monsters that play this it's thing. So I have no tolerance. Yeah. I don't, you know, it, it's it's fun one time through as a single player. It's yeah. a very impressive technological achievement. But that's where I am done. I do not want to get shot in the face by a bunch of thirteen year olds <laughs> who yeah. act like thirteen year olds. Oh man, that have had no supervision to the point of in crazy. their life. Well, I guess you know what though. I mean, then there you go. Would we have been any better had we had access to online gaming when we were children? Yes, I think not. Yes, no. yes I would. Come on, I would. Come on. I would. Be honest. I am being honest. Well, I was raised nice. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think I would like to think that of myself too. But there's always that urge to show your wiener on your webcam <laughs> when you're 13 and stuff like that. Okay. It's just you know, how do you fight that stuff? Well, I have a hard time fighting that now. Though, that's what. The that's what. That's cam. a big thing that kids get banned on is wiener cam. Yeah, <laughs> that they show it in the Uno. There's all really? kind of wiener in Uno. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just show a little bit of the brown eye? No, because people get banned. You, if you show wiener or stuff like that, you get banned. How about a nipple? Can you get away with nipple? Nope. Really? Nope. Belly button? Maybe. Really? Maybe, unless. but if it's being fondled suggestively, I think you can get banned for that. <laughs> what if you turn your wiener into a finger puppet? No, I think, even, I think that's an instant ban. Okay. Oh what if it's entertaining? God. No. Okay. They don't do it. They don't Damn. like it. Now, are they going to come up with a filter to, to take people out that, like, when you're in a casual... Um, gaming room, and there's, somebody is clearly a lot more skilled than they should be in that room to take them out or penalize them. Because mm. there have been several times where I've wanted to play Halo, uh-huh. and I've gone on to, you know, an area is like, oh, okay, people that are, you know, I, I'm 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 not a hardcore player like I know like I've agent seen, skills that that can like take out thirty fools before even taking a hit, but. You know, I like to play. I enjoy playing the game. But I don't enjoy getting killed as soon as I respawn, you know, repeatedly, where I can't even play the game. You've got to get better. Because there's... Well, it's not, a, it's not a getting better thing. I've reached the pinnacle of my skill with the game. That, is, that much is clear. But <laughs> when I've got people that clearly are too skilled to be in the room that they're in, that's where I have a problem. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, the rage I mean. quitters, well, okay, they, fine, you know. No, they try to, you know, they don't really choose who they're with. Yeah, they try and match you with like-skilled players. That was, yeah, that's but it doesn't work. Not very well. No, no, it doesn't. But and then I get at the people same time, like, oh, look at that. Did you see that? I just totally blew that guy's fucking head off. Uh, look well, at that. Oh, I did it again. Look, he popped up right in front of me, and I just totally splattered him on the ground. Like, and then you don't want to hear that shit repeatedly. Well, you can turn your earphone off. I have, actually, several times. Well, so have I, because, again, the 360 land is populated by trolls and heathens. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. John Gabriel's internet dickwad theory. Yes. (laughs) And that's uh, Weekend Geek right there. So this leaves one thing, the big list. Big list. And it is kind of a big list, but at the same time, it's a very short list. Because uh, it's, it's taglines to put you off a film. Tagline from to put you of, off a of film? Yeah, this is from denofgeek.com. Like, if you heard this tagline in the advertisement... Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, right, I'm familiar with several of these. You would, Im- have... you would immediately just, just shut down. Now, these aren't real taglines that exist. No. These are just, if you heard them... I got one that actually does exist that turned me off of a film. What's that? So, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, you know, the recent Clash of the Titans movie. Yes. No, I remember it far too <laughs> well. Did you actually go see it? I'm sorry, I did. Uh, yes, he There did. was... An original marketing campaign designed around that movie. Uh, and, you know, where at the end there's always, like, the flashing words and that kind of stuff. It was supposed to be, fight the gods. You I remember that. that. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. They changed it at the 11th hour because they were worried about offending people. Oh, and it then said, go. Titans will clash. <laughs> <laughs> Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Titans will Titans clash. Will it's, clash. In the, it's in the title. I mean, yep. that right there tells you everything you need to know. Don't go see that movie. And it was right, because that was... Titans will clash. Yeah. I mean, I was excited about it when the Unleash the Kraken lines were coming out. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Oh, boy. And then, like, yeah, you're right. The, the advertising campaign for that just started spiraling <laughs> down the drain. Yep. Uh, it just, it just completely devolved into some, you know... <laughs> You know, kindergarten level advertising. Nobody wants campaign. to upset anybody. Oh yes. Oh, we're so Hate fragile. Oh, so see, fragile. So I'm like, let's go. Let's offend. Let's do it. Here, let's, let's explain every little thing throughout the movie because people can't figure out things on their own anymore. No, they can't. That's they can't. why Inception's so damn good. Go see it. Oh, it's such a great movie. Yeah. 
But here they are. Taglines to put you off a film from denimgeek.com. All right. So, here we go. <laughs> from the visionary director, Brett Ratner. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. That's a must miss. Yeah. You know what? That that all the, the, a Brett. Anytime I hear a Brett Ratner film anymore, it makes me not want to go see it. <laughs> no, it hurts. Oh, yeah. It hurts. So when much. I mean, when they first had X Men Three, it's like X Men Three, a Brett Ratner film. Oh. I was like, really? Ghost Rider. I don't want to oh. see this such movie a now. Movie. That X Three is so fucking bad. <laughs> it is. I don't oh. like films that say from, you know, a, you know, from this director. It's like well, really no. I mean, I mean if it's, if it's there not, are a few exceptions. Yeah. If it's an auteur, like, I'll go see. You tell it, you me like, Chris Nolan, I'll be yeah, there. Tell yeah. me Chris Nolan. Tell uh, me. Uh, well, he's he's an exception. Like me, you know, uh, a Steven Spielberg yeah, film so, uh, or you know something uh, like even that. Spielberg, I don't trust anymore. But uh, well, but I trust. Uh, I trust. Um, what's his name? Nolan. Uh, I trust Nolan. Mm-hmm. I trust uh, Tarantino. I trust Robert Rodriguez. I trust Paul P. T. Anderson, but not yep. Paul W. S. Anderson. No, P. T. Anderson. I trust. <laughs> yes, not Paul W. S. Anderson. Nope, can't trust him with the camera. <laughs> nope. Uh, let's see. Who else do I? Who else are the uh, directors that I'm doing? Like, oh, Uwe Boll. Z- Zemeckis rarely disappoints. Yeah, unless yeah. he's doing uh, the Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> what else? The rare but one. I'm talking about you know when when it's presented as you know a Robert Zemeckis film. That's fine, but when you say directed by so and so, yes, it's like um, well, you're you're really pushing the envelope. There a new of, terror from M Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. There you go. There's another one. It's like I'm not sure I want to go see another not M Night anymore. Shyamalan film. Nope. Not anymore. He's off. He kind the of list. peaked with Unbreakable for yep. me. He's off the list. Another tagline, based on the best-selling video game. Yeah, pretty much. Sadly, yeah. Sadly, anymore. That yeah, will change one day. Hopefully. The chipmunks are back, and they've never been squeakier. <laughs> Squeak will better than Geely. Yep. Oh no, that was awful. Ben Affleck, as you've never seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually might go see that film because <laughs> he's a he's a total. It, does he, total... If, if he's playing full retard, I'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> you never go full retard. <laughs> Winner, best film, Dudley Film Festival. Dudley oh. Film Festival. A comic book movie that's even better than Catwoman. <laughs> that doesn't take much. No. Rob Schneider's funniest film ever. <laughs> you know, years ago, that would have gotten me to go to the theater. <laughs> Although I still haven't seen Big Stan, which apparently is a, a really, really funny film with that Rob Schneider. First Deuce Bigelow is a fun movie. It, it is. is. The first one's the good. sequel was <laughs> terrible. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> Prince Jr. is back, and he's angry. <laughs> Based on Dan Brown's best-selling novel. Murph. Well, what's, what's wrong with that? The, oh, uh... what? What do you mean what's wrong with that? <laughs> da Vinci Code? I liked the Da Vinci Whoa! Code. The other one? Uh, Angels yeah. and Demons? Yeah. Those are all... I, both... Oh, God. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. You liked them, too. Oh, you went, it was, saw both of those I did with see me. Both of, I did see both of them with you, but it was all right. Wow. That Angels oh. and Demons. Oof. I mean, I didn't think it was a great film Oof. by any you know, stretch and I, of the You know, I hate to admit, but I, I enjoyed myself. liked the Angels and Demons Novel, send hate mail to MasterDorgo <laughs> at UglyGotcho.com. Whatever. And, uh, but except for the one ball. part where he falls from a helicopter 100 I'm... feet in the air and lives. It's just dumb. <laughs> it it's is all kinda, dumb, it is dumb shit. It's all Didn't he dumb parachute shit. down? Yeah, he parachutes down. So, yeah. It's all stupid. It's all stupid. <laughs> the sequel to the direct-to-DVD smash hit. <laughs> based on the classic 1960s TV show. Well, <laughs> yeah. The film Chris Tucker was born to make. <laughs> what happened to him? Man, he's got some skills. He just, I don't know. I, like, he, I saw, okay, I saw about 15 to 20 minutes of Rush Hour 3. He was not funny in it. I, I had to turn it off. He's going, he's I, going that same thing. I worry that Will Ferrell's going down the same road. Really? It's that one trick pony thing where he's doing oh, the yeah. same thing over and over again. That is true. That new movie does Could not be. impress me. Oh, which one? The the other guys? The other guys, yeah. But I hate Mark Wahlberg, so what are you going to do? I like Mark. Yeah, there's nothing Mark. wrong with Mark Wahlberg. I like uh, Mark Wahlberg. Although Will Ferrell does seem to be doing the exact same thing he's been doing since uh, James Bond. Say how you mother for me. <laughs> Marshall, Will, and Holly comes hey, back chicken. to the big exactly. screen. Exactly. Other people just want to eat you, but I just want to talk to you. Say how to your mother for me. It's <laughs> funny stuff. Television's cutest animal is the movie's biggest new star. Yeah, is that like Chihuahua. the penguins, the March of the Penguins thing? Chihuahua. 
Oh, that one was awful. That was a terrible film. My parents dragged me to that. You know that. What? I Beverly know, Hills Chihuahua? Yeah. You had to watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua? On the big screen. Holy fuck, dude. I know. You're part of the problem. It was horrible. He didn't know until he got there. My, my, they <laughs> just I, said, hey, come to a movie with us? I, I, yeah, I adore my parents, but they have a horrendous taste in movies sometimes. They sometimes uh, have you put Nickelodeon on the TV for when the dogs are there by themselves. No, no, TV Land. Oh, TV, TV Land's Land acceptable? Is, well, that's, yes. that's the Nickelodeon channel, too. Right. But, but yes, this is the but, same parents that took me to see Norbit. So, yes, this is, <laughs> this is the problem. It's bad. The amazing true story of Paris Hilton, in her own words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slut. Watch me fuck on TV. Or on video, rather. <laughs> the concert movie of America's hottest teen singing sensation. Grown City. And last, a whole new crank without Jason Statham in it. <laughs> and that's the list, folks. Yay. And that's the Couch Cast. But uh, if you got something to say, write to us. Uh, comments crank. at uglycouchshow.com. Did anybody see Crank 2? And I didn't see Crank 1. <laughs> was, so I, don't I, I saw them both. Uh, crank 2 was, was ridiculously over the top, but it was and still the first fun. One, first one wasn't? Well, okay. In the second one, he has to go find his heart. Somebody stole his heart. Okay, fair enough. You got yeah. it. <laughs> See, I told you it's like ridiculously over the top. So what's powering it was still him in the meantime? Crank, crank He's got two. this artificial heart that's battery powered. And he has to keep no. eating. And battery. he has but, to keep getting juiced. Yeah. But at the end, he finds out from the wizard that he had it all along. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I'll miss you most of all, Jason Statham. <laughs> and don't forget to watch The Ugly Couch Show where we tell you what to watch, what to read, what to play, and we kind of nice about it. Yeah. Hey, anybody that hasn't seen them yet, uh, they are on our Facebook page for certain. Uh, we're trying to get them posted on the actual web page, but we have our fan, uh, excuse me, our fan interviews as well as our uh, Stargate Universe and uh, Merlin interviews from Comic-Con already up. So please check them out. Let us know what you think. And look forward to our upcoming uh, uh, Classic Games Expo uh, episode. Yes. It's, uh, it's going to be, we shot some good stuff there, and uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun. So Big thanks to those guys for putting that on. Yes. yes. Thank you so it's much. It's a great show. It is a I great show. I hope they get the chance to do it again next year. Yes. yes. Hopefully and they can keep it going, because it's not a cheap prospect with all that old technology. No. That has to be repaired by hand. And compute her ain't gonna fly herself. <laughs> so she probably does. They probably have to. <laughs> <laughs> but where else are you gonna see Joysticks the movie? Huh? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> but until Satan's next week, I am Master Torgo, the famous Paul, and '80s Jeff. And uh, next week's gonna be fun times. So I'll see you then. Hey, balls! You said see again. I'm. Tr- you know what? They know. Uh, they know. I see you. They know. Uh, see you in your nightmares. Yeah.